1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: This is Cork Today. Cork Today with Patricia Messenger on C103-383. greatest hits. C-103.
2: And good morning. It's John Paul McNamara in for Patricia Messenger right through until on one today. Uh, Patricia, not well, the voice and the throat that was playing up uh, earlier on yesterday. And indeed, a lot of people have this throat, a uh, cold, and chest infections that are going around at the moment. So she's not with us today, but I'm with you until one. And Bernie takes your calls and comments 1850 333 103. Or indeed, you can text or WhatsApp 086 2103 103. You can tweet this morning at C103 Corker, email at c103.ie. Very shortly, going discussing a motion that has been tabled by a number of independent TDs to do with rural crime and indeed with people trespassing on land. It might be landowners or it could be farmers' land. A lot of talk in the last few weeks from farming groups concerned about those trespassing on farmers or indeed landowners' land and this could be for the fear of if anything happened to them they may come after farmers' or land donors and sue them, we've heard in some cases. Also rural crime is it's still a big issue in certain parts of the county and indeed Munster, discussing that very shortly. Also we're going to hear about vandalism, which it seems unfortunately is on the increase in certain playgrounds across the county. I know last year we were dealing with an incident towards the end of last year in Killa in East Cork. Uh, this is another incident. We'll hear about that this morning. And why is there a rise? When people a lot of community groups are actually fundraising for these particular playgrounds so you'll see GoFundMe pages you'll hear about a lot of activities in a local area as they fundraise for a particular playground to open for the benefit of the community And then something like this happens. Someone comes along and decides to destroy a slide or break a swing or drink in the playground, smash bottles or whatever it is. That's what we've been hearing over the last year. Why does that continue to happen when the community more so get together and fundraise for this playground along with help then that they receive from Cork County Council? That's on the way this morning as well. And the water protests, which uh, we all might think are a thing of the past, and I suppose they are, but... A lot of people that were very passionate at the time and felt that we should not pay for water. They did protest. They did object to water meters being installed in various homes across the city and county. And some of them have just finished dealing with our court system this week. We'll hear from one man who has made a number of court appearances over the last few years and how even though for a lot of us, the water protests are something that did happen in this country, he feels his journey has just ended this week. Also, if you have a pay- in your household and you have a question for our vet Jane is along later in the show just after 12.30 if you have any pet questions get them into us and also our Garda file and much more to come between now and one line to open 1850 333 103 uh, but a busy show this morning so I'm going to go straight into Matthew McGrath because I know he has to be somewhere later on uh, today so Deputy Matthew McGrath and indeed a number of other TDs did table a motion at the private members motion on rural crime and this was to highlight what is happening and Deputy Matty McGrath joins me. Good morning to you, Matty.
3: Good morning, and I wanted to say that Michael Collins, uh, TT, who's a member of our group, worked very hard with me in this motion and uh, has worked very hard on all issues relating to r- rural Ireland. Um, yes, we had the motion down for debate here. It was very timely. Because, you know, you said it on an increase in some areas. It has never gone away, and, and we are afflicted with it here quite badly in rural Tipperary. And last year, in fact, I draw from a report here... The ICSA, the Cat and the Sheep Association, were before the Rochester Rural Affairs Committee, of which Michael Collins is a member, and reports that it published a study in conjunction with the Water Institute of Technology on agricultural and rural crime. And it's not only farmers, like this, people just households with just an acre of land or two or four acres of land or whatever. And the reports were um, authored by Dr. Kathleen uh, moore Walsh and uh, Louise Walsh of WIT. So there are tentative are t- reports. Authentic reports. And that reports were based on a sample of, survey of, of 861 farmers and rural peoples across Ireland. And they make stark reading. And you, you hear polls every day, the week or MRBI or whatever polls, they normally take around a thousand. So this is 861. And the first out, uh, the, the, the first report outlined uh, the following findings. Of the 861 respondents, 66% had in, experienced some form of crime which impacted them or on their land holdings. Uh, 41% of respondents had been the victim of a crime more than once, staggering figures. The second report quantified the average value of theft on farms was of €1,818 Euro, uh, and that's about, I mean, in one year, and incidents of vandalism and criminal damage cost uh, your farmers or so landowners an average of €360. Euro. And to demonstrate that this is very much a really ongoing issue, uh, TIPFM, <clears throat> your sister station, uh, our station, taken over now by Kerry, you better watch out there, Corky, you could be next. Uh, Kerry Radio, I want to note that a report carried on TIPFM on, on Monday morning here, were victim? and I know this man of seven burglaries on his premises uh, in the tip of the border uh, he fears someone might take the law into their own hands and I've met him and listened to and spoke to him and I meeting him one night at Nina where he, took, he had a big bulge in his pocket bigger than a coke can and what was on his tits of keys numerous Triple and quadruple locks on doors and shutters on his farm. That's no way to live. You see that in some of the, uh, some of the films. You know, Shawshank or something come back in prisons. The report notes that the latest attack on Ashgate's farm in Bern, that was in the off the border, tip off the border that, that Sunday night. Hundreds of euro worth of equipment was taken, and Clive Clash is the man, and I'm sure he talked to you, one of a number of homeowners and businesses who have been hit over the uh, the area several times. He says the local garrity are doing the best, and we know they are, but they haven't enough. And if a community structure, our motion called for a bit of visibility of garrity on the roads, and not how to checkpoints that they have proliferated the countryside with the last month six weeks regarding petrolising morning, noon, and night. People going to mass, going to school. They're damaging the support for the Guarantee. Any police force in the world cannot police without the support of the Guarantee corner. I support them 100%. I'm a member of the chairman of the second community left group, I was set up in 1985 or something in Newcastle. But if they keep on with this thing, then no one's supporting That People are afraid to move the morning after, the night before, or anything else. And the powers would be, and I'm wrapped right into the commissioner, to tell them to cop on, have normal policing. I want people to obey the laws, drink drive, of course I do. But this the total the lockdown of people... Going into the businesses, schools, to work, or whatever. Uh, people do everything right the night before, get a taxi, do everything, babysitters. The problem is that the ticker will be hit hard. It's literally uh, uh, become a police state, and we don't want that. We want patrols out in the country. Certainly, don't take fines for drink driving.
2: So, cars. do you feel, or, Matty, that when you're looking at the stats that are coming in regarding rural crimes, it does seem that if you're living in a border area, maybe North Cork to South Tipper, South Limerick, uh, or indeed West Limerick, or indeed parts of West Cork going into Kerry, some Sometimes we see a spike for crime in border areas. It might be easier to move around to various Garda districts. But do you also feel Garda should be concentrating more on that rather than breathalyzing before Sunday Mass? A
3: balance is needed. But I mean, Garda can't police without without support of the public. And they're not going to get to support of the public. You feel they're
2: losing the support in rural areas yes, because, because of what they're doing?
3: Because they're full-time on checkpoints for um, seat belts for, for for whatever, on the road, uh, you know, regarding, and that's very important that we have road safety, but it's kind of OTT. Minister Ross just seems to be dictating to the government. Even Minister Flanagan criticised issues he can at at, at, um, at, at um, Cabinet, we're told by reports today. So this is just a total lockdown and a nonsense. I know they falsified, and it was a scandal in my county, the, 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 the fake bread tests were falsified to the tune of 330%. That was a disgrace and nobody held accountable. But now to try and do this, they're creating terror in people. I want to go back to the report, about 45, which, which is very important, and it touches what you said there. Uh, you know what I mean, that agriculture uh, crime, the incidents, you know, uh, of abandonment and criminal damage, but also, uh, very warningly and it goes back to what I'm saying to you there now, what we touched on about the checkpoints, 45% of respondents, did not report instances of crime to Gardaí. The reasons, according to the ISA and the authors of the study, can be summarised as a sense of hopelessness that anything could be done. What the ICSA-WH report shows is that rural crime is very much underestimated by official figures from Gattachie Connor. So this is the real kernel People aren't reporting in the first place and if it is, they could wait a day for a squad car because we don't have the numbers. And I'm fighting all the time for more Gattachie numbers, but I certainly don't want them standing outside the church and outside the school on the way to the school. brutalising mothers going to school. They're busy enough in the mornings. You know what I mean? I, this is kind of ridiculous and we need balance in this and they need to cop themselves on or there'll be no one talking to them or supporting them. The community guarantee is what we need on the beat and we don't need did Michael Connors name four or five community guards who we'll stand in the people's kitchens and the same way with everybody else and they have the confidence of the people and we must have that. With the whole area of bail laws not being touched a ridiculous situation people getting bailed a hundred times with the whole area of free legal aid I believe one, three strikes and you're out. We have cases of 120 times they got free legal aid, 60 times, 40 times. I have a figure here from that report. The cost of criminal, sorry, from a PQ, the cost of criminal legal aid for every year covering the period from 2011 to 17, up to last year, or 18, sorry, uh, ranged from 49 million per year to 58 million. Scandal over a million euro a week to give these marauding tugsmen even 100 times in free legal aid. The barristers are laughing all the way to the bank. It's disgusting. Uh, information on the average cost per annum during the same period for civil legal aid shows that it has never dropped below 30 million a year. So you make that up, 16, 30, 90 million a year going on legal yeah, aid. It's, it's a lot of gravy, money. It's a gravy to enter and it's ridiculous. And that's based on detailed information provided to me by a number of parliamentary questions by the Minister of the Parliament. So I didn't, I'm not making up these figures. They're shocking figures.
2: And you mentioned oh. there, Matthew, the bail laws and indeed an issue that we've discussed about people trespassing on lands. Do those laws need to be strengthened about trespassers? And indeed, we have to look at the bail laws that that we have at the moment because there's a huge concern from farmers and landowners that if someone does trespass on the land and they hurt themselves, that they can come after that farmer or landowner.
3: We've seen it and householders. It's happened, yeah. The householders, yeah the householders, householders as well. As the well yeah. so look, I mean, it's ridiculous. Look, we too many balances. There's too much of power here. This is a gravy train must be, that must be turned off. We must tilt the balance back. And, and to the ordinary landowner, homeowner, man trying to ego out a living, pay his taxes, do everything right, and not have these marauding gangsters getting free legal aid, I, okay, i give it. A, they'll stand up with it all. Oh, it's a fundamental basic human right. Of course, it is. Give it them once. I even go give it them three times, but after that, you're on your own, kiddo. If you want to condemn your life of mayhem and destruction, destroying people's lives, you pay for, your, you, you pay for the, the, the legal aid. But the, le- the barristers, of course, want, don't want that. And, I mean, this is outrageous. The same way with the tagging. we get got five years trying to get tagging, brother, electronic tagging. I don't want to go into the case, but a case in England last week where a gentleman, gentleman was, 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 was charged, and, and rightly so, probably, but he's innocent and proven guilty, and he was released on bail to be electronically monitored. This is what they have to how can any guard in Goleen or any part of West Cork wherever it's based, visit a man's house Every day to see it in the house. It should be an I've seen this with the Badger, with Badger uh, because of TB, a project in parts of now- now, in Wales, where one person can sit in a computer room watching, you know, maybe five big screens and it can watch any Badger. The Badgers were tagged and they were they could trace them over a quarter of a county. You know what I mean? So this must be the same. We must get smart here. The criminals are always smarter than us. And this tagging was passed, brought in, introduced. It hasn't been used. Once, whatever lethargic or, or the lethargic or the lack of energy why, why the authorities won't use this is another thing we can pass the law and give long enough the God forgive me but this is outrageous and we must tilt the balance back and have our citizens protected and some uh, modicum of security not living in fear in Boreen's. Danny Haley spoke of a man living in a Boreen and the minute he sees a car turning in after five o'clock in the evening, a couple of hundred yards, he runs out of the house into hay hayband to watch see who's coming. That kind of fear, that's making people mentally ill, it's making them physically ill, and it's not good enough in a modern democracy. And then we're out uh, policing uh, the Dancy Amendment and indeed Shane Ross's mad ludicrous legislation that was supported by Fianna Fáil, by Margaret Murphy O'Connor, by, 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 by that was supported by Fine Gael, and they're all blaming Shane Ross, but those people support this legislation to, to deny any bit of uh, you know what I mean modicum of, of people celebrating their life and living their life and enjoying their life and going out for a few pints and going out to, for the pan-loaf and having a chat with someone are they all going to be put into recluses. this is the crony legislation why we can't have the crony legislation or any reasonable legislation to deal with the criminals get these off the road a postman told me recently he goes to work at 4 o'clock in the morning and he sees no one on the road now on his train's cars and sometimes he speeds up he's involving community alert he goes into tollers to work, he speeds up the car when he sees someone uh, strained vehicle and they take off like the hammers of the hill. There's nobody on the roads now at night them on into the criminals. They're free range because all of us have been locked in our home because we can't get a taxi, there's no rural transport, we can't get a taxi, we can't drive we, we, if we get a taxi and lift home to the public and we can't drive them on and after because there's a rain of steel around the place. It has just gone to bedlam and lunacy proportions. And if the commissioner and when the minister raises himself, because the Finney LTDs are getting underneath, and the Finney 4 were supported.
2: But, Matty, some would say that those laws were necessary and needed. A lot of the figures that would have come back from accidents, some feel, are related to drink driving. So, if you're if you're looking at that and saying that the laws were, are too strict, uh, how are you going to work around that then when it comes to rural crime? I mean, you mentioned they are a dedicated rural crime task force. Yes. Uh, how would that actually work when you do have to liaise with the Gardie and that, and the Gardie have to enforce those laws, which no. have been now brought in and have been supported? And some people who had family members who were killed by a drunk driver uh, feel these laws are necessary and maybe live in their shoes.
3: I know drunk and drunk driving or even drink driving but anyone killed by a drunk driving and family <coughs> I totally sympathize and empathize with them but you know what I mean we have to have balance we have to have laws and have the goodwill of the people this task force I'm talking about setting up is very necessary but just to finish on down 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 to drink driving look at Northern Ireland they have higher limits we have. why don't we leave the limits the same as they were in the north and why is there such a relentless check on the morning after I mean people are buying are doing their best to be within the law for a milligram over it or whatever the license is gone their livelihood is gone you know what I mean and in the People, there's, there's not clarity around what, what kind of a license you have. If you're driving the truck or a tractor or, or um, <coughs> a Jeep or, or a commercial, is it the car license? If you're driving the car and you have that license, there's a whole pile of fear. The pubs are empty. The, 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 everything is empty. The streets are empty because people are just uh, horrified. They've got so much publicity. Uh, then the, 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 the wisdom then of having people then appointed to the Road Safety Authority who have lost loved ones, how traumatic it is, but you must be able to have a holistic view here. And the greater good must always uh, be allowed. And the checker returns will prove this. When the pubs will be closed, the licenses won't be paid, the rates won't be paid, this is going to have a detrimental effect. It's over-the-top complete reaction. The next part of my, our motion was to have a specific task force which was set up in, uh, in England where there's a collaborative approach as I said the police can't, the can't uh, operate with the support of the people community letters do great work text letters do great work we want to keep that uh, kind of you know support and engagement with the Guarantee corner ch- that's the bell for uh, a yeah. but we also must keep uh, We must, it's a two way street uh, if they're going to be having checkpoints morning and night outside churches outside schools and are on the way to them people are going to say look the hell with that I, I mean people have been I know if it was had a mouthwash his wife had a had a baby, had a drink for five weeks. She wanted something in a hurry, jumped into his tracksuit, had a mouthwash, was petrified. Brought it brought to the station, failed the neighbors or whatever machine is there as well. And then on the blood test proved no alcohol taken, so that's ridiculous. And that's So going you on. feel
2: going back to the earlier point that if Guardi would put more resources into dealing with criminals who were out late at night, early in the morning, and harassing those living in very rural areas instead of breathalysing the next morning or indeed breathalysing what we're seeing at funerals or people attending funerals or attending Sunday morning mass.
3: I mean, the, the robbers are left not all the way to the bank. I mean, the, the ordinary people are getting tired of it. They're paying their taxes. i give you the figures on the free legal aid. It's an abomination. I've given you the, the carry-on with the bail. I've oh. told you about the tagging. Nothing is happening there. We're trying to do everything to, to penalise and offend and hurt the ordinary taxpayer who's paying his insurance, paying his NCT, trying to keep the care on bad roads in NCT, no investment in roads, no investment in rural tra- transport. What are we trying to do? Persecute our rural people. And that's what's being done. And urban people for that. Matter. I mean, I know people now are getting taxis going to work tomorrow after. We'll get a taxi to, from the pub. If you a taxi tomorrow and after to work, they're not drunk and are fit to work. I'm not saying if they're drunk, I have no toleration for anyone turning up, anyone drunk or being mm. anywhere. But I mean, that's the kind of fear and the cost of that. And it's just really persecuting people and it's damaging the, the economy. And a rule there is, you know, you can't get taxis, they're not there. And, um, you know, we have a scheme now in Tipperary's all over the country where locals can set up a hackney if there's no taxis. But my God, how bureaucratic. I have two people, three people trying to get it at the moment. They've waited months for the county council to come back to do an, uh, a report it's, it's needed. It's, it just seems that we're trying to lock up our people, prosecute them regulations, the same with uh, across agricultural issues, across environmental issues. Now with the teacher telling us we can't eat meat, so what are we going to do, we eat, let them eat cake like Marion Internet said? Whatever our I economy, mean? Where
2: are they going to go With all this Okay well so a, lot, a lot of people Matty are agreeing With the point you're making I know you must be At a meeting at 10.30 So I'll leave you go there But thanks for joining us you know, This if morning Matty If
3: we just got to One point the yep. well collaborative approach We need the collaborative approach uh-huh. We need to take the left groups To the left groups And the, uh, a task force Set up by the, the government That the guys Come in and listen they get down to community they go into the schools, they listen to clubs and, and GA matches, and they listen to people who are needed and get all the information that way. And many community gardies do it in West Cork, they do it in Tipperary, and many of the are happy either with all these new tech points in one area. The other area I didn't mention was hundred million contract for the go save fan. That's just cash collection. They are useless parked in the road. They will take people for speed, often in a fifty to sixty to an eighty. You know, with trick the trick you're going into a town, you've you have a hundred, you have an eighty, you have sixty, you have fifty. I know people got six pints going to school, three going in, three coming out, slightly over the limit. Uh penalty pints I'm talking about. And there's a hundred million going in there with absolutely no return to the government and they're parked in the road, if the squad car or an ambulance is going to an emergency, they they'll get they'll get a pit and, be yeah. to and I know so a lot of them are parked on on fast yes.
2: lanes whereby people are passing out in a fast lane, they may go over the speed and they're caught. We've done a lot on the Cork it's to a yeah. of a
3: system, and people, they're no use to anyone. At least if the, tra- the traffic corps are out there, there's speed checkpoints. If there is an incident, they will respond immediately with speed and with gusto, and I salute them, their bravery. That's what we need. That 100 million should be put into more police cars and more members for the traffic corps. And I support the upgrading of the traffic corps and more guardians, they, they were devastated in the courts but. They must have a balance and have a reasonableness in what they're doing. If they're going to knock down villages and rural towns the community going to pay the price because people won't support
2: them? Full stop. Yeah, OK. Well, interesting point, uh, Matty. Uh, we'll, we'll end on that note. I know the bells, I think, are getting louder there in the background. So thanks for joining us. That's uh, Deputy Matty McGrath uh, from Tipperary. Do you agree with him? A lot of people agree with him on text regarding, first of all, that we should be using the Gardaí in different manners and dealing with the criminals and not out early Sunday mornings stopping people on the way to Mass or indeed to a funeral and breathalyzing them a number of texts in on that do you agree with Matty on using the gardie in the correct manner because he's fearful if this continues with what we see in many rural areas that there'll be a lack of trust between uh, the community and the gardie and what he mentioned there towards the end of the gardie working more closely with the community because at the moment many feel that the criminals are the ones out at night time and they're getting away with it because there's a lack of Gardaí at certain times and certain areas of Cork or any county whereby we don't have the resources to chase the criminals to make sure we have somebody in place at a local guard station or indeed uh, doing a patrol in certain areas where that be any part of East, North, West, Cork City uh, wherever you are living. Uh, Your views are welcome. Do you agree with Matty or not? 1850-333-103-RND-Texas WhatsApp 086 2103 103. The laws are there for a reason. As I mentioned, a lot of people have been affected by drink driving over the years uh, for the, the wrong reason, and families are hurting still uh, from the results of drink driving. So, you know, mixed views on this, I'm sure. But your, our comments, our line is open uh, for your comments. Bernie texture your calls 1850 333 103. RD text or WhatsApp 086 2103
0: 103. This is the Cork Today replay on C103.
2: Good morning to you 1850-333-103 Lines open You can text on WhatsApp 0862-103-103 Our phone lines are extremely busy this morning If you are finding it tough to get through You can always send us a private message If you are on Facebook You can do that Search and like for C103 Cork on Facebook You can always tweet us at C103 Cork Or indeed email jp at c103.ie We can always give you a call back If you require that as well And uh, be sure to let us know that on text If you do want to call back uh, to discuss something in more detail as I said lines are busy uh, but Bernie will get your call as soon as she can. But a lot of reaction to Matty McGran, his comments regarding rural crime and what should happen in rural areas when it comes to policing. Uh, just to go through a few of those we've got in the last few minutes. First of all, John is in Lismore. He says, fair play to Matty, probably the only honest politician in the country. The way things are going in the country areas, it will all be closed down with, with regards to small towns and villages. What are people to do? This country is turning into a dictatorship. Well said, Matty, says John. And also, Mick and Doneral says, I agree with everything Matty is saying. We are farming in Doneral and we have been the victim of theft, illegal dumping, vandalism, to name a few. And I agree with the free legal aid. It should be looked at, if not abolished. I also agree that the Gardaí are losing support from people in rural areas because I believe that the Gardaí are only heard of when pulling people going to work, going to school, going to mass. And in the case of robberies, then Gardaí are nowhere to be seen, says Mick in Indonnell. So when people are discussing the Gardaí, that's the fear. As Mick says, people are just hearing that the Gardaí are in rural areas and they're stopping people going to mass or going to work. While when there is a robbery, then... It's, you find it hard to get someone to call out to you. It could be an hour or two hours because there's a lack of resources. Uh, but it's, well, it's not the guard on the ground's fault. It's the, those running on guardish corner. It's the way they are deploying members of the force to do the various rules that, that they do. Uh, and should we be concentrating, as Maddie said, in looking at crime rates more than the issue of of breathalysing people going to Sunday morning mass. Uh, Then on the back of that, uh, Elizabeth saying, I agree with what Matty is saying. However, I think they should invest separately for crime in rural areas. Uh, Matty cannot disagree with the fact that we've had so many people killed from drink driving. We do need these tough laws. I agree with breathalysing people the next day. It might be wrong to some, but I agree with this as you can still cause an accident and you could still cause harm to so many families like has been done over the last number of years in this country. It might be tough when you are attending mass or work and you are stopped and breathalyzed but it is all for the good of the country. So I agree with Massey in the points he's making. I disagree on the drink driving front, but I do feel we should have more resources and more guardy to deal with the issue of rural crime and leave the issue of breathalysing people separate. Uh, that's from Elizabeth on text on 086-2103-103. Uh, a lot more texts and comments coming in regarding Matty's view on how policing should be carried out in rural areas. We'll get to those shortly. Uh, our lines are open, 1850-333-103. Text or WhatsApp, 086-2103-103 but another issue that people aren't happy about and it's been told that we're not supposed to eat red meat. I'll discuss that next.
0: Court today on C one hundred three. Call Patricia with your comment. 103.
2: Now, we will we'll get back to a lot of the calls and comments and to do with the issue that Matty spoke about a while ago. And this was just the way we could reform maybe policing in rural areas, dealing with more rural crime. Discussing that shortly. But just something that is making news this morning, and it's something that is making news across the week, really, to do with red meat, basically. And it seems that quarter pound burgers Now could be off the menu And this is coming in from new health recommendations If they are to be believed It also seems that fish fingers, bacon, sausages And eggs are in the firing line And this report suggests that we need to reduce These in our diet by up to 90% Now the recommended daily amount of red meat Seemingly is just 7 grams That's a quarter of a half of a rasher Or a sausage according to food scientists They suggest that We should all try nuts and dried beans as the best alternative to replace the nutrients that we would get usually out of meat if we go with these new particular diets they're on about. Now the researchers at the EAT Foundation published this major study uh, and this was published over the course of this week. Uh, They're on about fish as well and they're saying that fish basically uh, even though some don't consider it meat, they still are looking at fish and saying that we need to reduce our intake of fish as well. Uh, They reckon to around 20 grams which is half a codfish finger And they say that you can easily wash down all of this with a glass of milk, but you can't drink over 250 mils of that particular milk as well. So they're saying with this particular survey that millions of lives would be saved if we change our own policy of eating and looked at our eating habits, going away from red meat, And it seems also going away from eggs and fish and a lot more, uh, which we would have thought were healthy, cutting down on those also and looking towards beans uh, and other items that will still replace the nutrients, such as nuts as well. They will still replace the nutrients if we do uh, and did go along and forego the likes of meat and cut down on eggs and fish. Well, your view on that, welcome, because, of course, earlier on this week, we didn't get to this on the show yesterday yesterday, But Danny Hilly Ray, he has come out and he has said that anyone who gives up meat has never worked a hard day in their lives. The Kerry TD has said that a good piece of meat is the only thing that can revive you after a hard day's graft. He was speaking, of course, as well, because on teacher-shirt Kleev Riker said that he is trying to cut down on how much meat he eats in a help to reduce his own carbon footprint. Uh, but Danny Healy Ray says uh, that, no, if you are working hard, then you do need your meat. And he said it himself. And here is Danny speaking outside the doll. The inference
3: that are talking about, uh, about uh, stopping people from eating meat never worked hard because if you're a hard worker and, and do a hard day's work, there's nothing to to bring you back and to revive you again than a, than a piece of good meat, whether it is bacon and cabbage or whether it is beef or, 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 or mutton stew. Then, if you don't have that, uh, you, yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> you you won't rise out the following day.
2: So, do you agree with Danny Healy Ray? Do you want to keep your meals the same, have your meat or do you or will you follow what has been proposed this morning in a lot of the papers anyhow? And it's coming from the research that has been done by the EAT Foundation, who say that a lot of us need to look at our carbon footprint. Uh, like Antje Gleev Riker has doing, cut down on the amount of e- meat we eat, uh, but with the meat uh, cutting down big time, which could see you just eating A small burger, that would be your intake of red meat for an entire week and also cutting down on fish, on bacon, on sausages, on eggs. Would you agree with that? Or do you agree with Danny Healy Ray and say there's no harm eating red meat? Uh, and indeed that if you do work hard, you'll need it. Uh, viewers are welcome on that. Uh, 1850 333 Lines open. Text or WhatsApp 086 three one zero three. I want to go to the comment line next about, unfortunately, more vandalism in playgrounds here in Cork.
1: You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are
2: currently closed.
0: Record today on C103 text or whatsapp Patricia with your comment 103
2: 103. now fears have been raised over the last number of years that the issue of playgrounds and parks that they are being targeted by vandals and it seems to be a growing trend especially over 2018 we had a number of locations which fundraised for their playgrounds and then they were vandalized another example this morning councillor Mick Newton joins me good morning to you Mick uh, good morning. It's unfortunate, Mick, that this continues to happen and that investment from City Council and County Council and locals uh, into certain parks and playgrounds, and, and then this happens. You've another incident uh, that has happened on the City North side.
4: Yeah, there was one um, just uh, this week in uh, Glenamore Lawn Park um, in Mayfield where there was some um, new equipment actually put in up to a tune of a couple of thousand of uh, euro. No, it seems it was an isolated case there, but I suppose that's upsetting the, the locals there and the residents in that area was that, you know, there was new equipment there and people were looking forward to use it. So that was, you know, that was an upsetting instance. And as you say, it does follow over the last year, or so a number of parks in the city and in the county that have been um, targeted, and you're talking tens of thousands of yours worth of damage. So, I, you know, it's it's very unfortunate and it's hard to... The grasp why those involved would do it, you know.
2: Yeah, because I just mentioned uh, earlier on I was saying that you were going to be joining us in discussing this issue. Last year we had an issue in Killa, in East Cork and they had something yeah. similar by way of people drinking and smash glass in the playground. We had other issues over the course of 2018 from Passage West and Formoy and the year before Bandon. And in a lot of these playgrounds are fundraised for by the community and then Cork County Council or indeed Cork City Council would invest in, in the remainder of the funds. And you would wonder why... Community get together and look after a park or fundraise for a playground, and then this happens. I mean, what mentality? I mean, what even can the city council or county council do in this situation?
5: That's it. Um,
4: I know there was. I know there was issues. It's either vandalism or antisocial behaviour that's taking place in parks, or sometimes both. And you know, um, in the city, we've had instances there, and it came up at community safety forum meetings, for example, Poppins Park in Fernley, and. Um, Kilmore Park, and I know there was issues in Blarney. I think, and I know uh, Glenmire as well, um, I think so, Callaghan Park down there. Um, and we've had new parks as well opened as well in Bishopstown, and hopefully there won't be any issues there. I suppose it's, I suppose it's an issue of security or it's an issue of supervision, and maybe it's an issue of the communities coming together um, and trying to monitor it. And if there's cases of vandalism or antisocial behaviour, up at their local community safety forum meetings and try and get action from the city or the county council or the guards. I know in Farnry, myself and Councillor Kenny Collins are working with, um, I suppose, the guards and the community uh, warden and city council workers around Poppins Park, and there's leaflets going in, in around that area now just to make people people aware and people not everyone might be aware that there is the city council anyway, there is bylaws. Guarding behaviour in park, um, so that's one aspect uh, that we'll be looking at,
2: um, JT. Yeah, and can they, those bylaws be enforced then by guardy if someone is found to be in breach of breaking of whatever they are at uh, equipment in, in the, the playground? Can, can they can they be brought to uh, before a court or can they be prosecuted or what can happen?
4: That's what we're looking at there. Yeah. If there is if there is sanctions that if there is for example which often does happen. You no, know, sometimes there's young people in parks after hours when the council close the gates. Not necessarily doing anything, but there is other times when you know there's either uh, there's either equipment set on fire or there's antisocial behaviour going on, or sometimes you'd have you know houses, boarding parks, with, you know, would be stormed and that you know. Mm. Um, so we're looking at that in a number of cases now. Um, we've a group together looking at issues around Poppins Park in Clarenry, and it and it came up at community safety forum meeting this week. And maybe we have to look at that bylaws as there are sanctions there that can be enforced. Maybe it would have some effect on um, anti social behaviour in, in, in our parks. And for
2: bigger parks, CCTV, is that an option still? Or are new data protection laws, is that going to cause a problem for you when it comes to playgrounds?
4: It may do, but we have it's, it, can be, it can be sourcing the funding for that. I know there's a, there's a community facilities fund there um, through the department but I think local areas have to match funders and that but CCTV can be um, can be something that needs to be uh, looked at in, su- in some areas. Um,
2: and I suppose as well, having an age group yeah. in the actual park, I mean, we hear a lot about intimidation. We discuss this, people saying that they're with their young children. Uh, you might have teenagers or those in their early 20s hanging around a playground. I mean, no need for someone in their teens or in their early 20s hanging here on the playground just on their own in gangs. That can be very intimidating to those who were there with a family.
6: Hey, it could be. It
4: could be. No, like I said, you know, particularly bigger parks. You know, we all done it when we were younger, hung around parks. But you know, we aren't damaging equipment yeah. and are intimidating uh, people, um, or causing tens of thousands of euros worth worth of damage. Um, look, another thing, maybe it's down to the agencies in the area at times going in and engaging with with young people, and you know, if the whether the juvenile liaison officers are or city or county council people maybe you just have to go engage with people and say, Look, you know, what's going on here and trying to I suppose divert their energies into into other into other areas. Um, you know, maybe that's something that has to be looked at carrot and stick approach like you
2: know Yeah well we'll wait and see what happens any over over the course regarding uh, laws enforcement more so to do with playgrounds and uh, unfortunate that that incident has happened in Glenmoy Lawn for the moment Mick thanks for joining us this morning uh, That City Councillor Mick Nugent On <coughs> the way a lot of your calls and comments in reaction to our interview with Deputy Matty McGrath on how now we should change policing in rural areas some agree with him some don't and Matty feels that at the moment in rural areas we have an issue of rural crime on the increase in certain parts of our county and indeed across Munster and he feels policing needs to change instead of breathalysing people going to mass on a Sunday morning have more guardy out in force late at night or overnight or patrolling areas during the day to deter criminals from entering that particular area. Some agree with him and some don't. Your views are welcome. Do you agree with Matty on that and his view on how we need to police the rural areas? 1850 333 103 or text or WhatsApp 086 103. Also on the way we're going to hear from one man who was one of those water protesters very passionate about the situation that we should not pay for water in this country but his protesting and his issue of the water situation has only stopped this week because legal proceedings against him have just finished at the start of this week. We'll hear his, we'll hear his story and more. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. A lot of calls and comments in. To do with our chat with Matthew McGrath earlier, he is trying to set up a task force to deal with crime in rural areas. We still see a spike in crime in border areas of counties, such as Cork and Kerry or Cork and Limerick, Cork and Tipperary. A lot of this can be do with various guarded divisions so people can let's say, leave an area fast and go into a dif- different guarded division and uh, it can cause confusion At sometimes if somebody is caught and, you know, if, if it goes into legal arguments uh, there can be sometimes an issue there with different guarded districts not all the time but it has been made as an argument before in the past and also outside of that, of course the obvious one obviously easier to get away if you're in certain parts of North Cork uh, bordering Limerick or Tipperary you have a motorway nearby you and you can go from a very rural area onto a motorway and once you're on the motorway then you can be ending up in an hour or so in a different county, such as Port Leash or further up the country and we have seen that a lot happening uh, in many cases across Munster. So uh, Matthew McGrath made the point of what he feels anyway is change the way we are policing rural areas and that would be uh, by instead of having the Gardaí he feels out breathalising people going to Mass uh, the next morning or going to work why can't those Gardaí be Redeployed, you could say, and be patrolling areas late at night or indeed late evenings. All of this, of course, to d- deter. Criminals from entering uh, those particular rural areas, whether there be a border area or not. Well, a lot of calls and comments on that particular situation. Uh, Pj in Mitchellstown says Matty is right to highlight the first of all. Matty also did, uh, highlighted the issue of free legal aid in that particular conversation, and that needs to be looked at, he says as well. And Pj Mitchellstown says that Matty is right on the issue of free legal aid. It's a gravy train; it should be controlled. These criminals are being protected and getting aid from the state, but the farmers get no help while Dermot is a postman in a rural area of Midcork and he says a few years ago he reported a strange car in a rural area now the Gardaí said they were keeping an eye on them and the squad car would go and do a drive around so it was the following Tuesday Dermot says when they came out and they said they had no squad car available. Dermot heard a story from London when a lady phoned the police as her house was being robbed. She told them, It's okay, my husband has shot him. The police were out straight away, uh, says Dermot. But in this situation for him in Mid Cork, it did not happen. It was the following Tuesday when the guardy arrived out. And again, resources for them, they had no squad car available on that particular day. Jerry Middleton says, Matty is 100% right. The whole system is cracked. The country is grinding to a halt with all the rules and regulations and it's all due to quangos making rules to justify themselves says Jerry in Middleton. Frank and Kinsale again. Matty is correct. None of us want drink driving but people taking children to school and going to mass being stopped and breathalysed. They are doing nothing to stop all the white collar crime in this particular country. Martin in Mitchellstown says Matty is the only man who is talking up for rural areas of this country and also on text. and this is one texter who says one thing all the criminals have in common according to this particular texter is that they all draw social welfare so jail is no deterrent for them hit their weekly welfare says this texter by 50 euro a time they are caught on the issue of trespassing then and this is obviously a worry for landowners homeowners and farmers if someone is entering your land either uh, could be just out for a walk and entering your land or it could be uh, more than likely as we see uh, trespassers who are entering land to break into a house or it could be watching an area nearby. Well Tim says no trespassing signs should be put up on gates and ditches. Make them aware before they get out of their vans that they're not welcome says Tim Uh, while Jim is asking is there any truth in the fact that Shane Ross our transport minister does not have or drive a car well I'm not too sure if he owns a car but he does or did drive a car anyway once upon a time because he did write about that in the Sunday Independent before Uh, but I think uh, Minister Ross does prefer using public transport and as he is encouraging all of us to use public transport especially in rural areas or in larger towns, he himself is using that in Dublin he is of course elected to represent uh, the Rathdown area of Dublin that's not a new constituency they have there I think in 2016 in that particular general election they uh, changed the various areas of Dublin when it came to constituencies and that was one of them so it was the newly configured Dublin Rathdown is where he now represents and he lives in that particular area so he can easily get a bus into the city centre in Dublin or get a Dart or get a Lewis whatever public transport means he needs so he might not need his car as much so I don't know if he owns one or not but he doesn't drive that much anymore because he has the option of public transport Uh, but I'm sure he has driven over the years and I know he has because he wrote about it many times in the Sunday Indo where he used to write an article for them uh, about driving and his experience of driving but he does use public transport more so now uh, than he used to and that's why he He's a big player and uh, one of the ministers who was pushing for everybody to use public transport, not just for carbon emissions, but also for the sake of freeing up our cities. And Pat says, Matty McGrath is right. Pity he's not in our area. We would have a man then to vote for, uh, says Pat. While on the issue of the Gardaí and Matty making the point that he feels now we could have a situation whereby people living in rural areas would only hear that the guardie are out breathalysing if you're going to school or if you're going to mass on a Sunday morning or whenever it may be or, or service or whatever it is the wrong impression then could be sent out and you could have communities not engaging with the guardie, and that's what they don't want and that's why this task force he is trying to get together will see hopefully guardie out monitoring Areas of the county uh, for rural crime, and they would get resources. The guardy in the grounds would get resources to do that because it's not the guardy in your local guard station, or indeed the guardy you see driving around. They don't make the decisions, they don't make the rules on what they do on a daily basis or where they go. It's up to their uh, managers, and indeed the uh, ones on top of the Garnishy Con, I suppose, uh, will deter what happens uh, with the local areas or what resources are put into local areas. But on that, Tim is saying the guard. Reserve has not been accepted, but the Army Reserve has been earning respect since 1939. 80 years first as the Local Defence Force or LDF, and then the FCA, the Irish name, and now the Reserve, all given training and operating in a command structure. They can even be sent on UN duty. They should be deployed on mobile patrols at night. On a rotating basis, I agree with one free legal aid offer, uh, but no more when it comes to the issue of free legal aid. Uh, good point there, Tim. Using RFC or using our Guard Reserve or whoever uh, to patrol the areas late at night if the Guard don't have the resources to do that, uh, then use another part of our Defence Forces to patrol local areas at night and prevent crime in the local area. Thank you for that. Some of your calls and comments in regarding to our conversation with Matthew McGraw. Your views are welcome on that. One thousand, eight hundred and fifty-three, three, three, one, zero, three. we also uh, rose the issue and this was to do with the well it's in the story in the news today about us all cutting down on eating red meat and not only red meat but cutting down on eating fish and eggs and even drinking milk they us to cut down all of those particular foods and then maybe upper intake of nuts and beans because we can get the same nutrients from nuts and beans as we can from red meat and eggs and fish. Well, on that, we did hear earlier a piece from Danny Healy Ray, the Kerry TD, who says that a good piece of meat is the only thing that can revive you after a hard day's graft and he feels that people who give up meat have never worked a hard day in their lives. Well, on that, a lot of people, when, we, when we're listening Thing and, and watching on what's happening internationally, and then in those studies looking at Ireland and looking at us to give up meat or cut down on the intake of meat. Uh, a lot of comments on this. First of all, on WhatsApp, a person saying, We might as well lie down and die. If we can't eat, what, will, what can the people eat? What can the people that they want to choose to eat? What can happen then? Another text are saying, Ireland, no meat, that's not going to happen. That's like giving up alcohol, says the precedent text. And Janice on WhatsApp saying, They are now telling us what to eat. What kind of world are we becoming? People can't have opinions People are being told how to run their lives And now we're being told what to eat, uh, says Janice on WhatsApp. An OC on Tank says it could be reducing our carbon footprint about the issue of meat, but why not start by encouraging less upgrading to newer cars? For example, petrol cars can be converted to gas. An upgrade to head and fuel systems could reduce diesel emissions. Use locally sourced or at least EU sourced supply of timber, equipment, fuel and grain. Imports from South America results in the use of ships that's Bew out more fumes than Chicago City once outside 100 kilometers from the coast, as seemingly this which to heavy oil went out at sea, uh, says OC on text to 103 103. Just some of the calls and comments this morning on those particular issues we are discussing. Uh, your comments are welcome. 1850 333103 Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. And water protests, they may seem like a thing of the past. We're going to speak to one man, though, who was one of those protesters and... He has just this week finished a long court battle uh, from protesting for what he was passionate about and for what he thought uh, was wrong we'll hear and speak to him next the lines are open 1850-333-103 C103 Jobs and on today's job spot opportunities for Skibbereen Credit Union they require a clerical officer must have two years experience in a finance banking role and managing current accounts essential professional qualification QVF or indeed equivalent are also essential you can email your CV for further details Kathy at Skibberine CU .ie and the closing date for applications is 5pm on Wednesday, January the 30th. Mike Fleming Motors in Boherbui they require a part-time experienced bookkeeper flexible hours call Mike on 086-256-5791 and Autism Assistant Dogs Ireland Mallow Branch require an Assistant Fundraising Manager it's for approximately 30 hours per week for a 12-month contract apply by email to nula at aadi.ie by Friday February the 1st and you'll find these jobs and more opportunities now if you just go online to c103.ie forward slash jobs
0: Courtney. Today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. Eighteen
2: fifty three 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 one zero three. Now, during the installation of water meters by Irish Water, there was, as you remember, a number of protests, especially here in Cork. One of the first protests was here in the Cork area. One of the most high profile protesters was Brian Gould, who only last week and this week has his appeal against him lost because he was one of many who was taken to court over the last number of years. But Brian has been in court over the last four years. So what has like life even been like for Brian over the course of that Particular four years. Uh, good morning to you, Brian. Oh, and Brian's gone there. We just lost Brian, so we'll get him back on the line there in a few minutes. If Bernie can get Brian there back on the line, but just interesting to see what indeed it is like when everything is gone and finished and over, uh, and you know, life moves on for everybody else, but because you were passionate about one particular thing and you stood your ground on that particular thing you then have a situation whereby you are still going through the courts. You were still facing something that you did a number of years ago and it continues on and follows you through your life. Anyhow, we'll hopefully hook up a brine in the next while. Uh, 1850, 333, lines open. A lot of texts still coming in regarding our conversation with regards to Mashi McGrath and the issue regarding... Um, just see Bernie come back into the room if you can just line up um, Brian Gould again Bernie the line has just dropped there uh, so just for getting back to Matthew McGrath regarding the issue uh, of rural policing and how indeed we need to look at policing in this particular country some have mixed views on that just an interesting whatsapp here uh, by a, a person on whatsapp no name on this but says it looks like that we'll be going back to the horse and cart again as a means of rural transport if Shane Rocks keeps crucifying rural Ireland and now we have Leo telling us what to eat. Maybe we should, for example, uh, fly away. Maybe fly away Ryanair instead. Or maybe a lot of those particular TDs should fly and dump the government jet and fly with Ryanair if they're so worried about their carbon emissions. Well, good point. Would you, Is it time for the government, while they're telling us all what to do and what not to do, to look at what their carbon emissions are themselves and should they maybe get rid of the government jet and fly Aer Lingus or fly Ryanair or fly whoever and there'd be a savings whether well they got rid of the government jet but then again we know the government jet is used for a lot of reasons outside of the government as well so is that an issue that if that was let go or taken away uh, would it be an issue for the country or do we need the government thank you for your whatsapp uh, you can do that on 0862103103 or indeed you can always tweet at c103cork email jp at c103.ie or you can call Bernie at 1850 now I did mention Brian Gould, one of those, uh, one of the higher-profile protesters, who was fighting against the installation of water meters, and only this week he's finished uh, his court battle uh, over what he was protesting for and passionate for. It went on for over four years. Uh, Brian, good morning to you.
5: Good
2: morning, John Paul. Uh, First of all, there's a lot of things we can't get into or can't discuss for legal reasons. So just overall, in the last four years, I did mention briefly earlier, a lot of people were protesting, you know, they were the ones who left the group's and maybe didn't have to attend court. Some did, and the battle for them ended after a few months. But for you, as everybody moved on with their lives and the water protest became a thing of the past, you still had to deal and live with that particular situation for four years. What was that like, you uh, know, in, in and out of court for four years and dealing with an issue that for many has, has gone? Yeah, well, I suppose
5: it did... Um the profile of it has gone at the moment but I mean for me personally like I mean it was traumatic like I mean I was inside in court for nearly once a month for the four years you know because court cases would be put off for various different reasons Um, but I mean it was traumatic I mean it took up an enormous amount of my time personal time going in and going out Uh, it also took up an awful lot of court time the judges time the guardies time the, the, the court systems time I mean, we were legitimately protesting um, against the imposition of uh, extra water charges because I pay for my water every single day of the week, as does everybody in Ireland. We pay through our general taxation. And that's the way it has been since the foundation of the state. And the, the, the imposition of bringing in water charges and the water meters it was absolutely disgraceful. They were going to spend something like 800 million euros on putting in water meters. Yet Irish water, when they took over, they said that the problem with with, with the water infrastructure was the lack of investment. That is true, and I agree with them. But why wouldn't you put the 800 million of that money into the infrastructure to fix the pipes that are uh, leaking water? over 50% of it, and everybody knows that. And it would have been better for me and for the people all over Ireland who had to go protesting because the metres um, started people to see that this was privatisation of one form or another going down the road and us paying for um, a service that we already pay for. I mean, it was horrendous, the amount of stuff that uh, Irish water and the Irish government at the time Finna Fáil, Fáil or the Labour Coalition put us into. Why? Because they were trying to get more and more and more money out of us, And it created tremendous, not only for me personally, but for other people. I mean, there was eight people jailed in Ireland. I mean, I was fined on a number of occasions, but there was eight people fined or jailed in Ireland for water protesting. And now everybody has agreed that the best way forward is to fix the infrastructure and put the meters aside. They're going to be buried in the ground and never used. Why do we have to go through all this uh, stuff because of that, you know?
2: Yeah, and the the money spent on those water meters and indeed getting them to the ground in in some houses. The protests you were involved with, the the majority of those, there were peaceful protests.
5: Well, not, not... all of them, every single one of them were people of protest. I mean, what we would do is we would stand on the stopcocks or we might stand in the road to leave uh, to stop Irish water, lands from going in, but they were all peaceful. I mean, there was good banter at these kind of things. I mean, as it went on, we started getting to know some of them, the workers with the mm. various different companies, Murphy's contractors. And we used to be able to joke and, and have jokes with them. No, we still wouldn't allow him to to put in the me. but there was a kind of um, a a, a chat to and fro with it. you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, and how many times there was a respect there? Because they knew you were doing it for your reasons and for the reasons of so many in the station. And obviously they were workers and they had to do what they have to do. So there was a respect between both of you and there was no hard feelings between workers and yourselves. And we saw that at various protests and we spoke to various protests here in Cork, anyhow, who would have said the same thing. How many times were you arrested over the course of all those protests?
5: I was arrested about 10 times overall um, and I was charged on six occasions with various different offences. I mean, some of the charges I got like this were traffic offences, you know, standing in front of a car and that kind of stuff, walking across the road, which I think was absolutely terrible because anybody who was involved in the water were not criminals. We were not criminals. And yet we were treated... um, as if we were criminals, treated by, uh, charging us, not only just me, but everybody else, charging us under um, criminal offences, like traffic offences and kind of stuff like that. That was trying to demean what we were trying to do. Our protest was a good protest. It was an honest protest by people. And Irish water were using the Garda as security so that they could get in their meters, which was a waste of time. I mean, there was 20 Gardaí out in Balafihan, 20 Gardaí for two weeks. And they were standing around for two weeks while the protests were stopping the, the water meters going in. That was a waste of Gardaí time. Why would the Gardaí doing this? I mean, the artist are supposed to, be to serve and
2: protect the community. Well, it they could argue in fairness that they were doing that. They were maybe been afraid something could kick off at one of those protests. Not by the likes of you, but you know the way there is protests. You'd have a certain group who come along who wouldn't know any of you guys and try to call trouble. to so that. In their defence, that's what they could say. And looking back though, Brian, any regrets about taking part in all those various protests? I mean, if it happened again, would you do it again?
5: Well, I would. I mean, I'm proud of what I did in the, do these protests. I mean, I would have no problem again in, in starting off and doing what we did because there was an honest, there was a decent protest. It was about us taking control um, of our lives. It was about, I mean, I've made loads and loads of um, friends through these water protests. And it also brought communities. I mean, Irish water was a bad instrument, but it did something good. It brought communities up and down the country together, which were, because of the way things were, people were looking after themselves and they didn't talk to neighbours, but this got the neighbourhoods out. It got communities out. And they started talking together and they started doing things. And because of that, communities now are in a better place than they were before Irish Water came in. They did a positive thing. They didn't mean to do a positive thing, but it turned out to be a positive thing.
3: It works and around that
2: way.
5: Like yeah, it is. I mean, there's there's always a golden lining to these kind of things, you know? I mean, and one of the things I heard the say this morning is like that, that's been thrown around is that we were against paying for water. As I told you, I pay for water every single day of the week, and so does everybody in that. This was not about paying for water. This was about the waste of £800 million pounds euros being put into the ground for metres that are never going to be used, and they were being put in there, for one thing, to act as a cash register outside everybody's home. That's why they were being put in. And it was a disgrace. The government at the time would not listen to anybody about what we were saying. They just said that we know better and we're going ahead.
2: And do you feel you achieved that? I mean, I know the government and other groups will come out and say that they made the decision for another reason. But do you feel your protests here in Cork, which started off the first of many across the country, Achieved the installation of water meters being stopped, first of all, in a number of areas, and then a change of mind happening. And then when they looked into what they were doing, obviously they realized this mightn't work down the line, and we have a different situation now. But do you think that what you did with the protesting changed the future of water delivery and the future construction of, of Irish water, you could say, in this country? I do. And I also
5: think it changed the political system. Yeah. I mean, the Labour Party had 37 seats in government. And when they went in with the 37 C's, they said that there'd be no uh, water charges. What did they do? The very minute they got inside the door, they said, we're going to implement water charges. But the people of Ireland told them like, that they weren't having it, and they went from 37 down to 70 D's. They had six councils in Cox City need each all. Now they have none. So Labour paid a very big political price for not keeping their promises and doing something that the people said we do not want. And it has changed the whole (coughs) discussion about water. I mean, water charges are gone at the moment. The installation of water meters is gone at the moment. The whole thinking about how we're going to uh, improve the water system, unfortunately, hasn't changed too much in the government minds. Because the government still, at the moment, are not investing enough money in the water infrastructure. They're throwing pennies at it. What we need is a major, major capital funded program to fund the installation of new water meters in the country. The government aren't doing it. <laughs> Fianna, Fáil said yeah. that they would, Fianna Fáil have said that they will get rid of Irish water, but we have Mehal mountain at the moment who is bowing down one knee to Leo Varadkar. Varadkar can do whatever he wants. Before Martin gets up in the door and says, oh, I disagree with that, but he'll do nothing about it. And so, I mean, we have changed political landscape and hold where people are talking about it, but we still at the moment have the Fine Gael government who refuse to invest in our water infrastructure. And we do need an investment in our water infrastructure. Not a couple of
2: pennies We need serious money Serious money And a good point to make there On how that has changed Politically Brian And for yourself Have you ever First of all Before you Entered into court To do with your protesting Were you ever In trouble before With the law Or were you ever in court Before all of this I was in court On one
5: or two occasions for parking on a double yellow line ok but that's, n- <laughs> that's my that's my criminal record
2: is <laughs> out there now <laughs> and you've I you've been in court a lot over the last four years your final one and this was the one you appealed and you lost your appeal I think you have to pay a fine now are you going to pay the fine or how will that work?
5: well I believe like that um, I mean to, to be sometime down the line before they come looking for the fine like but I mean, I believe that if I paid a fine, that I would be saying that what I did was wrong. Um, And I did not do anything wrong. I believe what I did, I did it for good reasons. I mean, it's kind of accepted all over the world, in in the democratic world anyway, that protests, peaceful protests, are legitimate. All protests were deemed to be not legitimate. We were charged with stupid crimes like with mortar um, offences and other stupid things that, that, that just to try and keep us down to try and pull us in our place I mean that was the reason for arresting people was to frighten the people so that they would stop the protesting but by arresting people it actually did the complete opposite it got people on board they could see <coughs> the neighbours who were law abiding citizens being arrested for the first time in their life for doing something that was right. So, I mean, it's... We should never have been arrested. We are not criminals. We were never criminals. I mean, if I'm considered to be a criminal because I have a couple of mortaring offences for parking and Yellow Lines or something like that, if that's considered to be a criminal... I mean, I'm 67 years of age. I hadn't... hadn't, I'm not a criminal. I was never involved in a criminal offences. And yet we were treated like criminals. We are not criminals. We were good people who were fighting for justice. Everybody at the moment in Ireland is after saving (coughs) three or 4,000 euros at the moment from the water protests. Even those people who were criminals said, oh, we must pay for the water. I don't see any of them getting on the radio and saying, thanks very much, we got our three or 4,000 euros back and we won't be paying it going forward.
2: And I mean, speaking it's of it's paying, paying. I, I, if you don't pay that particular fine that I mentioned, Brian, what happens then? I mean, do, do you have to serve time, or how, how do you get out of that if you if you feel you won't pay that because you feel you're basically admitting you did wrong when you feel you didn't do wrong?
5: Well, I suppose the guys will come and take me and bring me up um, to the cop jail and I'd be in cop jail for well the five days, is what um, the determination the, the to pay the fine or five days.
2: And are you prepared but, to do uh, that? yes I will
5: i will I, I mean i probably won't serve 5 days like but if yeah. i have to serve the 5 days i will serve the 5 days like
2: yeah right okay I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens uh, if that ever I mean, comes around i don't around. think i'd serve 5
5: yeah. days I'd, I'd, say I'd be released um, fairly early you know what i mean but if i do have to spend the 5 days so be it you know what you i mean would. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, okay Brian well, an interesting insight to see what life is like after all the water protests and after all the legal situations have finished and how indeed you know even though everything and everybody thought it was all over it continued into your life for another four years Brian thanks for chatting to us this morning on that that's Brian there uh, Brian Gould from Cathedral Road 1850 333103 lines open you can text or whatsapp 0862103103
0: Cork today On C103 Text or WhatsApp Patricia With your comment 0862103103 103.
2: And just on the issue Of water And Donald just texted As I was just saying Goodbye to Brian I got a text in from Donald, And he says Would you ask that man How does he feel About paying ESB And phone Should they be paid From the tax too I pay a lot And I had to sink My own well At huge cost Water should be paid for Says what uh, When we were speaking at Initially with Brian on that and we asked him about paying for water he felt the reason they were protesting at the time was because that we all pay for water in our general taxation for example motor tax uh, and more that we were paying for water within that and they didn't want to be paying for water again Outside of general taxation, there were also the the big thing that they were against, though, outside of paying for water, the big thing that he said they were against the money spent on installing water meters and the amount of money that was going to be spent on Irish water, that it was wrong on the Irish people and indeed on the Irish taxpayer, especially when they felt that group felt that we were already paying for water in our taxation. So I presume Brian would have answered Because he did mention that at the start, and that was the answer he gave on paying for water. So I presume he would have given a similar answer on that. Donald, thanks for your text. Another texter. Uh, that says, JP, we have to pay water 90 euros a year as we run a private water scheme. Uh, so water is not free, uh, says a particular texter on 0862 103 103. Now to this week's Garda file, and I'm joined by Inspector Ian O'Callaghan at Bantry Garda Station. And good morning to you, Ian. Good morning, John Paul. And uh, by the way, well done on uh, your promotion now to Inspector. So congratulations to you there on that.
1: Thank you, John Paul. Um, just acknowledge over the years, uh, everybody, I... I came in contact with in my role the last nine years as Crime Prevention Officer for West Cork. Really enjoyed the years and the experience of working with everybody to make West Cork a safer place. And certainly crime has reduced over the years and it's to thank everybody involved in that. And I suppose I look forward to working with everybody in the Bantry Garda district area over the years to come um, to build community um, engagement and to work to make Bantry a safer place. Into the future.
2: Very good. Well, best of luck with that. I Thank know we've had a lot of incidents uh, to concentrate on this morning uh, in Kinsale and Mill Street, but first of all, we'll start with uh, three thefts and we'll start with a wallet uh, stolen in Bandon.
1: Yes, on Tuesday, the 8th of January, at Little Car Park, there in the Riverview Shopping Centre complex in Bandon, between 5 to 12 and 12 midday, a male, sh- a male sh- uh, shopper was uh, dropping shopping into his car and dropped his wallet and on cctv a female suspect was seen picking up uh, that wallet afterwards and walking away from the scene so if anybody was in the car park on the 8th of january around midday and seeing anything suspicious there in relation to that incident please contact the guardian band and on the 7th of january uh, the. F- between approximately €160 of diesel was stolen from a generator at a commercial yard at Station Road in Mill Street. So, again, just for listeners, owners of commercial yards, etc., or indeed domestic house owners, to be mindful of your home heating oil or commercial yard owner, farmers, to be mindful of where your diesel is stored and that it is sufficiently locked
2: yeah we've heard of that before With home heating oil But uh, not when it comes to commercial Usually uh, You know A lot of places Would have CCTV and stuff But it's interesting A lot of farms May not In certain areas So be, be aware of that I suppose For yeah. farming groups as well Who have diesel tanks On their farms they are.
1: It is And you know It's always timely When an incident like this happens That we give the prevention advice To others out there Who may be affected By a similar crime uh, Moving on to another incident there In the New Town area uh, Between January the The night at 9am and Thursday the 10th of January at 5pm at Bengour West in Newcestown, a log cutter valued around €2,000 was stolen from a yard. It's described as a Max Axe make, uh, 8 foot long and green and orange in colour. And the Gardaí, both Bannonine and Bandon are investigating that incident.
2: And now you have a number of car attempt thefts. This was in Dunmanway and is it that the cars were left unlocked in the estates that they were trying to be Uh, broken into?
1: We've touched on this uh, last year several times as well and it it continues to be an issue whereby um, car owners are not locking their cars at night and I really want to emphasise to everybody listening in and to pass on to everybody they come in contact with, it is so important to lock your car at all times. And Clearly, with these incidents continuing to happen around the county and in the city, um, it is clear that people are not locking their cars outside their homes. So please get into the good habit of locking your car, because there's clearly a criminal group or criminal groupings who are targeting, particularly estates, and this is emphasised by what happened on the early hours of the 13th of January in Known View West Estate on the western side of the Manway Town, um, Bantry Road there, Uh, where three cars uh, were entered. Uh, One was unlocked, um, was gone through, ransacked, not even was stolen. An attempt was made to gain entry to another car, but was actually disturbed. And another third car, again unlocked. Uh, It was approximately €25, €30 of loose change stolen from that car. Now, a witness did observe four males uh, running from the scene of that estate in Dunmanway at eight minutes past three in the morning. And they jumped into a silver Mercedes car and drove back in the direction towards Dunmanway town. So, look, I know it was early, early hours of the morning around three, ten past three. But did anybody see a silver Mercedes driving around the wider general Dunmanway area or indeed West Cork area in the early hours? of the 13th of January. Uh, We'd really appreciate to hear from them. And I suppose we had a traditional smash-and-grab type incident in Tullitrack, Macroom, on the afternoon of the Saturday, just past uh, the 13th of January, between 12.40pm and 10 to two in the afternoon. Uh, injured party, left handbag on rear-seat passenger um, side of the vehicle, and returned back and the side window was smashed and the handbag was obviously stolen so again the old age advice that we pass on never leave valuables on display but but critically going forward into 2019 it's for people to lock their cars at all times outside their
2: home. Yeah, we had that last week as well on the Garda file. It was liar in Bantir whereby similar incidents happened. And one thing that listeners were advising is that when you do with the key fob press the button and you walk away and you think your car is locked just to check the handle of the car door that it is locked because sometimes if the battery's low, it might not lock. So just a tip as well for uh, people this week who might not have heard of that. And you have a number of criminal damage incidents starting in Garons.
1: That's right. I'll quickly run through these, uh, John Paul. First one, grant Tim um League, on farmland there, between the 2nd of January overnight um, and the following morning, the 3rd of January, a farmer discovered a pipe disconnected and there was water storage tank and water, I suppose, destroyed pathway there and dug up the surface. So there was quite a bit of criminal damage caused, and Gardaí in Bandon are investigating that incident. And Gardaí in Kinsale are investigating two tyres slashed in a car at Sandy Cove, Kinsale, Uh, on the night of the 2nd and 3rd of January between quarter to 10 on the night of the 2nd and quarter to 11 the following morning. And my colleagues in Mill Street are investigating a graffiti incident um, happened on a boundary wall of a private residence at Glen Collins in Bally Desmond and it occurred on the night of the 3rd, 4th of January. And again on the 4th of January windows were broken on two vacant houses at an estate um, called the Glebe in Coachford, a vacant estate there, and this occurred between 4 p.m. and 6.15 p.m., and my colleagues in Coachford and McCroom are anxious to hear from anybody who may have seen anything suspicious in the environs of the Glebe estate in Coachford on that date. And on Saturday night, Sunday morning, the 5th, 6th of January, damage was done to flowers and plants to Skibbery Skibbereen Tidy Towns, at Fields Car Park there in Skibbereen, and just to reiterate that happened in the early hours of the fifth the night of the fifth to sixth of January, Saturday night, Sunday morning. And Guardi in Mill Street are investigating a second graffiti incident uh in the Nokavarean Kiskeem area which occurred on Wednesday, january ninth, between eight thirty AM and nine AM where graffiti was sprayed on the entrance wall of a private residence house there and penultimately between Saturday the 12th of January at 10pm and 12 midday the following morning, a van that was parked up there at Bandon GA grounds had its windscreen and mirrors on the van smashed. Uh, While there was nothing taken from the van, there was a lot of damage caused, approximately €1,000 worth of damage to that van, John Paul. So my colleagues in Bandon are investigating that incident. And finally, on... Tuesday night, Wednesday morning this week at All Saints Church in Drimleague. Lights and fittings were broken uh, in the unsecured un- uh, toilets adjacent to the church there in League and, and there was a couple of hundred euro worth of damage done there. And again, anybody in the Drimaleague area who may have seen anything suspicious on the night of Tuesday this week, early hours of Wednesday morning, it's to contact us here in Bantry Garda station.
2: Okay well thank you for that and best of luck uh, with your role as Inspector that is Inspector Ian O'Callaghan there joining us from Bantry Garda Station 1850 lines open, a lot of calls and comments on the various issues we've been discussing this morning on the way after midday along with your pet questions there welcome as well for our vet Jane who joins us as well after midday, that's Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket
1: You're listening to Cork
2: Today on Replay Phone and text lines are currently closed 1850 333 103 lines open text or whatsapp oh eight six two one zero three one zero three. 103 a lot of comments in on the various issues we've discussed this morning first of all and this was to do with driving and what drivers are being asked to do and what not to do. And Heidi is saying, it looks like if you take all into account that motorists have to do while driving, then what they have to pay to drive the car, then the state of the roads we drive on, then the fuel prices and guard are stopping drivers, it does look like motorists are being victimised every which way you turn. I do agree that you should not drink and drive, but the pleasure of driving has gone, says Heidi, discussing that earlier issue of driving and the changes that have come about with driving in. and tied in with our conversation with Matty McGrath who is looking at a task force to deal with policing in rural areas. One of the things Matty said to me was that he feels the Gardaí are now in local communities becoming known for breathalyzing people on the way to work or on the way to mass or service on a Sunday morning rather than dealing with local crimes in the area. That's what he feels is happening. He's obviously afraid that there will be a, a disconnect between the community and the Gardaí. Uh, but also he wants the powers in the Guardi to look more at dealing with crimes in the area concentrate more on that deploy those on the ground to deal with that particular issue rather than breathalyzing people going to mass on a Sunday morning that's what Matty said earlier on with um, with me on the show and a lot of people agreed with him and felt that would be better. Uh, that if we had more guardy looking at rural crime rather than what they're doing now, uh, deploy them to deal with rural crime, it would be better for local communities. So that's where that comment from Heidi comes from as well. Thank you for that. On the issue of eating... And indeed, what should we eat? Well, we're being told what to eat because uh, new research coming out advises us anyhow that we should be cutting down on red meat and that we should be looking towards nuts and looking towards beans because the nutrients in nuts and beans makes up for us reducing our red meat. Not only that, reducing our intake of fish, eggs and a lot more. A lot of people have various issues with that. Uh, First of all, uh, Mary is saying this is nonsense about non-eating meat. It's keeping these people People and jobs. It has been going on for three years. Anyone in a domestic science class in school can tell you what nutrients are in the food, says Mary in Mallow. Uh, Joan doesn't agree and she says a good balanced diet is the best thing for everybody. Everything in moderation, uh, says Joan. While also this was raised by Kerry TD, Danny Healy Ray, and he felt that anyone who gives up meat never worked a hard day in their lives. He says the only thing after a hard day's graft is a good piece of meat and reacting to that uh, a lot of people uh, a lot of people agree with him actually as well and feel like that what he is saying has some truth in it but again everything in moderation Uh, here's the two people that don't though Uh, the Healy Ray bloke that's Danny Healy Ray should talk to some vegan ultra endurance athletes and learn something as he obviously has no clue what he is talking about and another texter saying Mr. Healy Ray no, don't agree with him on that whatsoever Uh, so mixed views when it comes to the eating of meat uh, and the what Danny Hilly Ray has says that if you are in a position that you work hard then you should be eating meat you'll need that after a hard day's work anyhow views welcome on that 1850 I spoke with Brian Gould earlier and he is one of those protesters who was against the installation of water meters. And he protested for a number of years against those while the first protest took place here in Cork. He was one of those involved. Well, mixed views uh, on our chat with Brian because initially uh, he was outlining why he uh, carried out the peaceful protest. And then we spoke about the last four years whereby it has finished now for so many of us the idea of a water protest or even thinking about that particular time when there was protest for the installation or against the installation of water meters it's continuing and did continue for Brian for the last four years with his final court date earlier on this week uh, well on that Mary says uh, we did not have water at the foundation of the state we brought it from wells and rivers and pumps and Michael in Buttevant says the reason the water charges were introduced in the first place was to make people rich those who had the contract for the water meters they were going to make money uh, feels Michael in Buttevant while well, John and says that he has his own septic tank, he also has his own pump, and if anything goes wrong, he has to pay... For the water itself so if the pump gives trouble he has to pay for the repair of the pump and indeed if anything happens in relation to the septic tank he also has to pay for that himself he has no problem with, with that or with him paying uh, for that particular service himself but what he does have a problem with is other people who want water for free and they have nothing else to do but to go out protesting they don't want to pay for anything says John uh, while another John who stood with Brian on the water Process said people should be very grateful to the likes of Brian. The water would have been privatised by now, only for those particular protests. Is that John? And another text is saying, why is that man in court for protesting when you have to look at France and how they have been protesting for many weeks? I thought we have surely a right to protest in this country. Well, we do, and. You do as well with peaceful protests, but with a lot of the water protests, not the ones we spoke about and not all the ones in Cork, some did get out of hand, not all though. And the ones Brian was that in fairness didn't get out of hand either, uh, but they still brought him to court over him preventing the installation of those particular water meters, as he said, and preventing work being carried out on behalf of Irish Water and indeed on behalf of the state. So that's why he was brought to court. Uh, and you would question why that was happening when in France but then again I if we're, we're not hearing about that in France either I don't know if people have been brought to court in France for protesting we're just not hearing that here maybe there is uh, but if, when you do look at France that is true they are out on the streets against the increase in fuel prices and across France and Belgium they were unhappy with that they took to the streets to ensure their government dealt with the issue of rising fuel prices and uh, you've got to say it did kind of work in those countries now as fuel prices are gradually are decreasing and that is because the barrel of oil is reducing. Uh, that is one of the reasons why the price is coming down. But overall, it did highlight that people weren't happy and the governments there listened to, to their people. Uh, so Heidi saying, well, surely if we're not happy with something here, we have the right to protest. And are they going to go out and arrest people if they do protest? I would say not unless it's something that gets out of hand but a good point Heidi because you know like Brian a lot of those were peaceful protests but still people uh, were arrested and were facing court as Brian did uh, Tim says election machines bank bailouts water meters uh, but waiting lists for consultants and AE waiting times on the increase a great country great government when you look at all of this uh, says Tim on a text 0862103103 103, and a lot more calls in regarding the issue of water and indeed we, the way that some people have to pay for water in this country and others don't uh, Tim saying that I agree in some sense with those who are protesting because it was no harm to our government at the time to show the unhappiness across the country especially at the installation of water meters however I am not happy myself because I do pay for water I live in a rural area on a water scheme and we pay 200 euros or more a year and then if there's a break or anything like that we have to invest further more of our own money Uh, while I know people say that we're already paying for water in our taxation and general taxation uh, that is fine but that means so that I am paying for water twice so why can not they not have water for all areas of the country and not just the urban areas Uh, says Tim Uh, he's comparing that to electricity I'm not too sure how that would work uh, with very rural areas and bringing water to them Uh, would need a lot more investment in infrastructure but you can see Tim's point whereby he's paying for water himself and then he is realising that even though people are saying we are paying for water in general taxation Tim feels now well I'm paying twice as the argument was at the time he says well I am still paying twice so for my water uh, paying for my private water scheme and indeed paying it in general taxation thanks for your text Tim to 0862103103 103 r; d calls to Bernie on 1850 333103 and interesting call that we're going to get to in a while about dumping rubbish but this wasn't dumping rubbish uh, this was at a recycling centre or one of those recycling bins in the supermarkets. Uh, we'll hear from John very shortly on his experience. And if you have a pet in your house and you have a question uh, for our vet Jane Pickett, uh, get them into us now. Call Bernie on 1850 eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. Uh, Jane Pickett from the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket joins us before one.
0: The C one zero three Cork Diary
2: with Cork County Council supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie as. Part of the Operation Transformations Ireland's Light Up campaign Kilshanig GA they will turn on their floodlights on the main pitch from 7 to 9 every Thursday evening beginning uh, from tonight and that will continue for six weeks the aim is to provide safe and well lit area for walking during the dark winter evenings everyone is welcome uh, to walk in that area of Kilshanig and a concert will be held in St Mary's and All Saints Church of Ireland in Riverstown and Glenmire. that's on tomorrow night at 8 o'clock Tool choir And St Joseph's Church Choir from Riverstown will take part Donations accepted on the night for the upkeep of the church and the Simon community And the launch of Bally Hay Goes Dancing takes place on tomorrow evening From 9 o'clock in the Corbett Court in Bally Hay, Hosted by Bally Hay National School You can meet all the dancers and indeed have a guest at the pairing of the couples who will they be dancing with? We'll find that out and more tomorrow night in Ballyhay There's also spot prizes there on the night. Cork today on scene
0: 103. Call
2: Patricia with your comment. 1850
0: 333 103.
2: Going to the comment line and joined by John, who's in Carrick Line. Good afternoon to you, John. Good afternoon. And uh, you want to tell us this was in your local shopping centre in Carrick Line, where this is the recycling bins that people go along and you put in your glass and your paper hey. and your cans. Am I right? Yeah. Right, absolutely. Great. So when you went along, you were doing your good deed and doing a bit of recycling after Christmas tell us what happened
6: I had um, for a, la- uh, a lady who broke her leg I was just obliging her and I had a, co- a container of glass and plastic and in, in, the, in the disposable area there were, there were places for red white and and the other colours brown glass Yeah. and plastic I on the top of the container was a small little cardboard box with fragments of broken dust. Now I tipped the contents of the box into the hole in the the bin and then I proceeded, I put the box to about half the size of a a shoebox and I then proceeded to empty the other containers into the various receptacles for them and I unfortunately went away and left the, the cardboard box on top of the bin. And some weeks later, I got a, fi- a fine in the post for littering. Now, I appealed it, and I explained the detail. I'm 85 years of age. I explained the detail that, in addition, I also left my keys in the post office on another occasion, an afterthought, and uh, I had to go back and collect them, which at my age, I'm beginning to hear. But anyway, to make a long story short, I got a €150 Euros fine, and I appealed it. The people was rejected by return, and I paid a fine. The message is this: the council are driving people away from this this centre by imposing fines for, for for little or nothing. And over the Christmas period, I went in. To, I just passed along to see what was the story, and the place is absolutely littered with bottles and glass and tin cans because all the bins were full at least a week before Christmas. And for over the Christmas period and after The bins were completely full And there was no place to buy it And people just left the
2: items there So you're saying before Christmas ever came The bins were full in Carrigaline?
6: Correct About a week before The bins were full and should have been emptied
2: yeah, because people are going to be recycling a lot, as we know, after Christmas from getting presents and, and other items. Yeah. So usually we think they would have it well cleared before Christmas and not a mind it being full before no, if it people could. go there with recycling. Uh, can you understand why the issue finds... I mean, when you were appealing this, did you say to them that it, it was, you genuinely forgot you were totally genuine, you would not litter, you, you don't litter, and it was a genuine mistake? I, know, so
6: I mean, further, I told them the truth, that I gather... But butters- I live in the country. Just outside Calle I collect bottles and tin cans that are dumped through car windows passing my place here, and I put them in my own recycle bin. And I told them all of that, but it's obvious to me that this is merely a money collecting centre, a money collecting racket. Because the people that dumped over the Christmas and didn't put it in bins because they couldn't, they're very very likely to get fines of 150 euros uh, for, for for littering. And that will amount to a considerable, considerable
2: figure. And do you feel that the, those fines that people will get out on fear because they went along genuinely thinking that they want to recycle and put the items in the recycling bin but the bins were full either before or after Christmas yeah. and then they left them there and, and they're getting a fine. Even though some might say John that The fines have to be there for a reason Some recycling banks and recycling centres Even though the banks are not full That people go along and dump in the area Anyhow and some people justify the fines
6: You see I'm tempted to advise people Not to dump there Because the slightest mistake Or unintentional Is going to cost them 150 euros Now I don't think you can get A more justifiable case To grant an appeal than my one was now, fortunately, I was able to pay it, but there are people that can't. Now, I, I went back to look to see what was to carry on over Christmas, and I saw a lady putting cans, a number of people, put leave, and I told them what happened to me. And they they went back and took away the stuff. And what did they do with it? They probably drove out the road, which is the easiest way, put your bag and leave it gently by the side of the road and drive on. No fine, no dangers, let the council pick it
2: up. So do you feel that people, because the banks are full and because they know if they try their best to fill the banks and they, they don't do that, they get a fine, that they're just driving away from the bank, uh, the recycling bank, and dumping rubbish on roadsides right across Cork? Correct.
6: And i tell you my reason. My, 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 my situation, my, my experience, made me very apprehensive going in there to put in items for the future. I'm overcautious, and to be honest with you, it'd be very easier for me to... A plastic bag, a bubble, say the council officers here in Carrigaline, and let them do what they like with it. And that's what I'm very tempted to do, but I won't do it. I, but, but I'm very cautious going in now to recycle because of the experience I had.
2: And does it frustrate you the fact that you genuinely do recycle and what happens compared to what was left in the area you had only a tiny box it was a genuine mistake it must be very frustrating for you knowing that at least you, you're doing your best you are recycling and you're the one then hit with a fine compared with what you are finding outside your front door there near Carrigline, line and people throwing rubbish in the ditch we can't trace who the are, and they're getting away scot-free. Great,
6: great,
2: great. But... Um... And do you come across a lot on your roadside when, when you're fairly, picking really, up bits and pieces?
6: I'm fairly, I fairly I do. As a matter of fact, my son, who lives a distance away from me here, has asked the council for no parking or no no dumping signs to put up in his own area.
2: Hmm.
6: It's so prevalent.
2: And had they done that for you? I, I don't know whether he got them or not here. No, okay. But, but you feel because the recycling centres are overfull and when they should be empty before a busy period like Christmas and they're not and people then leave their items down in, in the actual park they are it's encouraging people then to start dumping everywhere else especially Absolutely. then if there's fines but, yeah. but okay. another
6: aspect is that when, when they go and, and, and pursue the fine they issue the fine they, they find the registered owner of the care not, not the offender the registered owner and it appears you see if you want to pursue it you have to go to the trouble of getting a solicitor and all that, uh, yeah. and go, appeal it to the court. If they don't, if they don't, if they don't uh, sanction your 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 appeal, you can go to the, the court with it, and that's going to cost money for a solicitor and what have you to go into court for one hundred and fifty euros. But uh, uh, which a person should do if it was if it was within financial reason, because the issue is almost against the registered owner who might be in America who might he might not be in the, in the country at all, and yet. The issue, the fine against the misfortunate registered owner. Uh, do you understand my situation?
2: Yeah, that it is. He feels it's the wrong way of, of doing things when it comes to, say, if they want to prosecute someone, do do it in a different manner rather than what they are doing at the moment. Yeah. And indeed, you're probably right, it is going to deter people from using those centres. And That's unfortunately... True.
6: The correct procedure is to I interview the owner, find out who was driving the car on the occasion, and then prosecute that person. Yeah. But they don't do that because it's cheaper and easier. The fine is 150, and it could not pay a person to go to the trouble, uh, take a day off to go do this and that and the other, to try and and, and bring the the, the council to 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 justice.
2: But. Um but, uh, and, and that's a costly 100. affair That is a costly affair If you're going to go off And, and as you mentioned Get a solicitor it's going to, You're going to pay a lot more Than €150 euro. Anyhow John I appreciate you raising That particular issue there In Carrigaline Thanks for joining us This afternoon John there In the Carrigaline area 1850 Has he a point though? I mean if you were going along Doing your best You're going to recycle You have your recycling items And then you drive up To the recycling centre Or the bank And it's full And you have all the rubbish then piling up underneath the actual recycling bins. And like John then, doing the good deed, he put his recyclable glass into the recyclable bin but forgot to take away a small box and then he gets a fine of €150 while there is a lot of other items left dumped in that particular recycling area. We've no way of knowing if someone else got a fine for leaving their items there, but I'd love to know if someone else in the Carrigaline area was fined uh, for using that particular uh, recycling bank in Carrigaline. And indeed, then the point, of course, that if you drive along with all your bits and pieces in the car for recycling and the recycling bank is full... Are people going to go then and decide to leave the box elsewhere, maybe in a rural area? And John himself is coming across a lot more rubbish on the road he lives, which is not in Carrigline itself, but near Carrigline in a rural area near Carrigline. So has he a point there with that? Your view, 1850-333-103. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Uh, now, there has been a lot of moves over the last few weeks with regards to Brexit. And we know, of course, this week... Well, the big vote we were all wishing on didn't go the way it would or have wanted to go for the UK and especially for Theresa May. Uh, and that is now going to be the next, for the, for the next few days anyhow, it's, the, the UK themselves are going to be the focus of Europe. In the last few minutes, uh, the British Prime Minister and senior ministers are meeting representatives of other parties as they will continue anyhow to break the UK parliamentary deadlock over Brexit. Of course, Labour are not interested. They've accused Theresa May of failing to show good faith by insisting that she will not drop her negotiation red lines. Uh, And it seems at the moment now at this lunchtime in news just coming in to us that Labour leader Jeremy Corbyn is still refusing uh, to meet Mrs May until she takes the prospect of a no-deal Brexit off the table because he's saying she's still not listening to what he is saying. So while other parties in the UK are meeting with Theresa May again in the last few minutes uh, Jeremy Corbyn has just come out and he, when he was pressed by reporters he again says he's refusing uh, to meet Mrs May uh, on that particular issue of the no-deal Brexit. Exit until it's off the table Uh, So no one knows what's going to happen really at the moment Uh, She will need to speak to him To get everybody on side but unfortunately He won't speak to her So you'd wonder is that a big load of kids in a big house in the UK they can't agree on anything. Anyhow, we'll see what happens on the issue of Brexit. 1850-333-103 If you have a view on the issue of Brexit I'm sure we'll be doing a lot more on that over the next few weeks as we decide or as the UK decides what they're going to do uh, if they want to stay or go or whatever. Anyhow, uh, I want to bring this appeal to you from Gardy in Conocility.com uh, it was on a news with Barry at midday. Just want to go through this again. If you can help for the family, you're uh, repeating for help and is for finding a 56-year-old man who has been missing uh, from the West Cork uh, since Christmas. Uh, 56-year-old uh, Peter Oliver was last seen in the Skibbereen area on December the 14th. He's been described as five foot seven in height of medium build with grey hair and brown eyes. If you have information, you're asked to contact Clonakilty Garda Station if you've any information with regarding uh, Peter Oliver last. Seen in the Skibbereen area on December the 14th. And we spoke about insurance on the show last week. Well, it seems now insurance conmen are setting themselves up as fake brokers and ripping off unsuspecting motorists. Yeah, this is something that we haven't seen that much in Ireland, but it is happening over the last two or three years and it's how people are basically losing tens of thousands of euros because if they're involved in an accident, they're not covered. What happens is people are online and they come across a website that looks legit they think it's a broker they meet the person or they deal with them online and they take the money for the person they can insure your car for a very good rate uh, you were sent out the, the insurance disc and everything and that arrives to you in the post, you have that up in your car, but of course you're driving around in with no insurance because even though these guys say they're brokers and they have and they are getting your insurance from a certain insurance company, uh, they have not. Now, the one thing that is happening here, and we discussed this as well the very first week back of the new year and the trust people have in social media sites and a certain age group uh, on social media are trusting everything they see on the likes of Facebook and this is where people are being caught because these particular Scam artists are going on the likes of Facebook where they are often using links to established insurance companies on their homepage to enhance their believability and then enhancing people to go to them to avail of cheaper insurance. And the Central Bank has got involved and is warning car owners to be very vigilant for this, especially on Facebook. So if you're seeing offers on Facebook and you're seeing links to particular insurance companies and then you're going into that particular Facebook page, be very careful. We mentioned this earlier on, not everything you see on Facebook is true. Everybody or anybody can go on and write whatever they want to on Facebook. There's no real regulation at the moment in this country for Facebook, so be careful of that, especially with motor insurance, because how these fraudsters, which were being caught, in fairness, that they're, they they were being dealt with, they're back now more so than ever because of targeting certain age groups on Facebook uh, who would click on. Believe everything they see on Facebook, clicked in on this particular link, go and get car insurance. And of course, there is no car insurance. They've been scammed, but they've paid over maybe 600, 700, 800 euros to this particular scam artist for car insurance. So again, it goes back to be careful who you deal with more than likely go into a broker in an actual office if you do want to deal with car insurance or deal with the uh, companies online and when you deal with them online if you want to go the online route you'll see the HTTPS the security and the lock on your browser so you'll know it's a real website and it's a secure website and you'll know if you look at the various websites for example certain insurance companies will have a particular website advertised either on a website or indeed either on a paper or wherever just be aware that you're on the right website. But for social media, if you're getting stuff off social media, be very, very careful. Be careful what links you're clicking on, especially when you're looking for cheaper insurance because a number of people have been scammed in the last few months. And again, it goes back to false links on Facebook. 1850-333-103. Keep your calls coming, especially your pet questions because Jane Pickett of the Island Wood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket joins us next. If you have a question for Jane, you can call Bernie or indeed, you can text her one. WhatsApp 86 2103 This
0: is the Court Today replay on C103. I Court see. Today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 86 103, 103.
2: And just a quick text from Jur who's when we were speaking with Brian Gould and uh, he was telling us how four years he's been dealing with various courts because he was one of the ones who was protesting for the water charges and we just so we would catch up to see what life was like after all of that and what it was like going through the various court system and Jer says could you deal with the major issues affecting our country homelessness, health why are you bringing up the water charges well that's the reason we brought up the water charges just to see what it was like going through the various court systems over the course of the last four years why they are over or for some they remained in that level and on the other issues Ger, we just discussed Brexit there we did a, a big piece on Brexit earlier on the week we also for the um, homelessness we've done a number of interviews on homelessness on the show and for health matters we were actually in CUH last week and we interviewed and spoke to people who were waiting and we heard firsthand what it's like to wait in A&E in CUH on those trolleys so we have dealt with those jurors as well on the show and we continue to deal with all those particular issues on the show Ger thank you for your text eight six two one oh three one oh three. Jane Pickett from the Island Wood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group joins me as per usual on a Thursday. Hello to you, Jane. Hi there. Now a lot of questions into us over the last few hours so I'll just go straight into them. First of all this Mm -hmm. is uh, from a person on WhatsApp and it's to do with food and a lot of people like sharing their food with their dogs don't they? Mm -hmm. They do. Not always (laughs) a good thing to do but we'll see in this instance if it is or not Uh, This is, no name on this but she says I love a bowl of porridge for my breakfast as I live alone with my best friend and that's my lovely 12 year old Chihuahua dog and we sit down uh, with me every morning with his huge brown eyes and begs me for a spoonful which he adores now I wonder is this too rich for an indoor doggy and I don't want to upset his tummy he is an indoor dog always been indoor I don't want to give him diarrhoea or upset his stomach more than it should be is a tiny spoonful okay for a small dog or what advice can you give me Jane
7: you know I think as long as there's nothing added to the porridge I think a tiny spoonful should be fine I think tread carefully to begin with give a really 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 tiny amount first of all um, but if your dog is sitting next to you and really really wants that and obviously doesn't have any obvious health issues that you'd have dietary management for um, or any problems like that then I think it will be quite safe to have a little spoon. One word of warning I would say is a lot of people make porridge with milk and that can be quite rich on the tummy and um, particularly in a small dog like Little Chihuahua a, a spoonful is actually going to be quite a lot really and um, so I would say if you were going to give it I either cut down on the milk and use a little bit more water to make your porridge because then it will reduce the fat content a little bit but I think it would do no harm and certainly there's a good fibre content in there and it'll probably help to keep the motions moving along as it were um, and should do no harm. Now what I would say is I'd be a little bit wary of treats if let's say your chihuahua was struggling with with weight or anything like that because we don't want to be adding to his dietary intake and causing any weight problems to get any worse. But if you have a normal, healthy, happy dog, otherwise, I think there's no problem with giving a spoonful to your best friend. All
2: right, Eileen in the city, her cat is 14 years old and for the last four days she is not eating. Now, she is a very sensitive stomach and she gets nuts at the vets for her and she also boils chicken for her but she is not eating any of these in the last four days. So she's also drinking very little water.
7: Mm, I'm really worried about this one, I must admit. I think as a 14 year old cat we're kind of we're we're into the, the elderly lady territory yeah. a little bit more and I think for a cat even if they have historically had a bit of a dicky tummy and struggled a little bit with food I think four days of not eating and not taking in very much water would leave me quite concerned now uh, the water particularly they can become dehydrated very very quickly and, and that's something that can cause major problems quite quite quickly even over the course of a day or two. Now what I would say is as an older cat it does beg the question is there something a little bit more serious going on and I think that's definitely what you need to, to rule out. Now in older cats some of the main problems that might cause them not to eat will be teeth problems. If there's any pain in the mouth obviously they won't want to eat it's like having a nasty toothache ourselves but sometimes it's more well-disguised problems. So either kidney or liver issues would be very common in older little cats. And there are lots of things we can do to help with that, but that can make them feel very ill and not want to eat. So that's really important to to discern whether that's the issue. So I think four days in without eating, I would say I, I would call to see your vet as a, as a matter of, of urgency to a certain degree, certainly over the next day or two, to have a full physical exam and possibly some further investigations as guided by your vet. But I think this is definitely not one to wait
2: on OK Aline. well best of luck with that hope it all works out for you there OK and Kathleen is in Castlehaven now she's a dog four years old a mongrel small dog and he has a cough and he has the cough now for the last three or four days
7: Oh so this is an interesting one there's lots of coughs and colds going around is, in the humans yeah. and also the dog population <laughs> at the moment um, I think it is with that colder weather our immune systems are maybe a little bit not as strong as, the, as they are um, with that challenge of the cold weather and it, it goes for dogs and cats as well so with a cough lasting two or three days it really depends if your dog is really bright and bouncing and happy and eating and drinking otherwise and otherwise seems quite normal apart from a very mild cough then you could see how it goes for a day or two it's like ourselves we can pick up little infections here and there that kind of run their course and settle down of their own accord what I would say is if you have any doubts as to whether your dog is maybe not feeling so well so maybe we're sleeping a little bit more or a little bit more lethargic or if we appear to be having any struggles with breathing or maybe we've gone off our food a little bit any indication that that might be a, that would give us an indication it might be a little bit more serious and that will be the time I would say contact your vet for a good check over. It may be nothing and it may eventually run its course but it might be that we may need some treatment antibacterial or an anti-inflammatory or even just some close monitoring. But I would say if we're generally, other, other than the cough, bright, bouncing and happy, you're OK to see how it goes for a day or two.
2: All right. And just on the coughs and Marion texting in, and because a lot of people, as you mentioned, have chest infections, mm. have coughs, have sore throats and all of that. It's going around at the moment. Can dogs and cats and especially pets in a house who are indoors, mm-hmm. can they pick up on what we call the flu?
7: I think they can to a certain degree. Now, as we know, every year, the flu kind of slightly changes. It's never something 100% static. Um, so it does constantly change. And we see that with the flu vaccines, the components of those change pretty much every year. So I suppose it's difficult. We don't really know exactly how many of those are transmissible to our dogs and cats, but I think it would be reasonable to expect that a certain amount of those may indeed be able to be passed on to some degree to our dogs and cats. But it's impossible to impossible to say from one season or from one year to the next. But I do certainly anecdotally see people coming in saying, oh, I had a cough last week too and their dog comes in coughing too. and It does make you wonder, but confirming that is, it would be uh, possibly not the most useful thing, but also it would require a lot of testing. And I think by the time the, the flu had blown over, that would happen before any testing came back. So I think it would be one of those things curious to think think about, but very difficult to confirm. Yeah and I'm yeah.
2: medication then and everything yeah. would we'll have to got to your vet but something similar yeah, exactly. to get them checked similar out just to, to be on the safe side Lots yeah. of
7: TLC yeah. but sometimes mm. if it becomes a little bit more serious exactly as in us we sometimes require a little bit of an anti-inflammatory and sometimes an antibiotic
2: And Debbie is thinking of getting a new pet dog Now they had a Labrador and unfortunately they had to put down their pet Labrador last September oh, So they're ready now as a household to move on mm-hmm. and get a new dog So they're wondering first of all any breeds in particular they're looking again to go maybe and, and get a Labrador and any tips their biggest fear is despite their best efforts not Mm -hmm. to look for a puppy farm that they might end up buying off a puppy farm
7: Okay so I think well done on taking the time I think that's really really important after a kind of a member of the family as a a four-legged member of the family passes away it can be a really really challenging time for everybody involved and I think it's good that you've taken the time to kind of process that and are now thinking really sensibly about where to go next so I think a few tips I would say is if you're definitely looking for a puppy as it were my first port of call would be the ISPCA so they are a dog and cat charity that rehome dogs that may need to be relocated for one reason or another. Now, sometimes they have puppies, but they do have a huge amount of fantastic young adult and even older adult dogs that would make fantastic family pets. And I think my first protocol under any circumstances would be trying to rehome an animal in need rather than maybe go down the, the route of getting a, a purebred puppy. As such, because there's plenty of those that need homes. If you are specifically looking for a puppy of a certain breed and you don't want to go down the rehoming route, then I would say the responsible thing to do is whoever you decide to buy your puppy from, make sure you visit the pups and make sure you see the pups with their mum that's really really important so it means that you get to have a good look at where those pups have been raised what conditions they've been in and likely if they've been raised raised within a home environment they'll be really well adjusted they'll be used to all the sounds of home like the hoover and doors opening and closing and lots of people coming into them but let's say in somewhat more of a, a puppy farm environment if you kind of make sure you see the the mum and their pups together you'll realize that maybe it's not the best environment they've been brought up in now I know it can be it can be really heartbreaking if you do happen to see that in the search for your pup but what I would say is I would err away from buying pups from that environment because if we do that we we perpetuate the cycle of, of poor breeding practices so make sure you see the mum with the pups if you are going down that yeah.
2: route Okay good advice Jane as always thanks for joining us Jane Pickett there of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket part of the Military Veterinary Group we spoke there regarding John and and what happened to him at the recycling centre in Carragh Tom and Mallow says the recycling centre at the car park in Mallow before Christmas he had boxes of bottles he put the bottles in the bin he put two of his boxes in the car and by mistake left one box on the ground he got a fine of 150 euro and he said he's going to appeal that particular decision and also a texter saying I heard that man on your show that was fined in my view he's been treated appalling he should have left it go to court no judge surely would it be this harsh and the council should refund him shame on them whatever our councillors have to say on this particular issue for him being denied fair proceedings the council leave a lot of rubbish behind after doing works when it comes to signs cones and wrappings etc says that particular texter and also hi to Mary in Cargnavar wondering why there's no electricity in Cargnavar I can tell you Mary there's been a fault there in the White Church Cargnavar area you should have electricity restored there by 4 o'clock this afternoon <laughs>
0: promise that I'll hold you when it's cold out When we lose our winter coats in the spring Cause lately I was thinking I never told you That every time I see it my heart sink Cause we lived at the carnival in summer we Scared ourselves to death on a goal and just like every Ferris wheel stops turning, oh I guess we had an expiration date. So I won't say I love you; it's too late. Ooh.
2: Kevin James with Nervous at C103. That's it. Enjoy your Thursday. And we're back tomorrow again from 10 a.m. with Cork Today. My thanks to Bernie Murphy, who produced. I'm John Paul McNamara. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance.